Greetings, everyone. My name is Alex Ayub, and this is the podcast with no name because I just haven't thought of it yet, but it's coming. It will. I wanted to start a podcast because I just think that's what the world needs now um, is more podcasts. So I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to give the people what they want. Even if they don't know they want it yet, I'm, I'm going to make it anyway, and maybe you will eventually. But for real, I really wanted to have a space to talk about uh, fashion, beauty, and disability in a way that felt very authentic, very honest. Um, I think there can be a lot of smoke and mirrors around the fashion industry, the beauty industry, or uh, just talking about disability in a way that doesn't feel very connected. And I just want to hold space for all those things in this podcast. And of course, talk about pop culture, things that are happening in the world and whatever else we decide to talk about because it's our podcast and we can cry. I mean, talk about whatever we want to. And my husband, Michael, is here um, not only because he lives in the house where I'm recording this, but also he is a, a tech production guru. So he's the the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the camera. This is Michael. Say, say hi. Guru. Wow. Guru. Yeah. I feel like you're you're really good at this stuff. I don't know if I'd say guru, but... Okay, well, that's the last time I give you a compliment. Uh, moving on. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this, but technically, I didn't even need to start a podcast because I think I have, like, a multi-billion dollar uh, invention on my hands, and it all sprouted from a disability need. So I recently had surgery, um, some corrective work for my own disability and my legs, and I have an incision and I want to get into like TMI here. It's the first podcast. Um, it doesn't even have a name yet. And I might, honestly, I might not have to name it if this, if this never airs anywhere. But I have an incision and I don't want to wear a bandage around it. I don't want to wear a Band-Aid, but I still want it to be protected because it's still open a little bit against pants, jeans, whatever. So one night we were going out to dinner and I was, I was wearing like a tight, cute little leather pant. Um, and I was like, I can't wear a big bandage under this. I, I couldn't possibly. So I took a, a women's panty liner and I stuck it to the inside of my pants so that the sticky part was on the inside of the pant. And then the gauzy side was where the incision hit. So it was still protected and, and um, soaking up anything that could be leaking out of my incision. Sorry, that's just, that's the truth, okay? I said I wanted to be authentic and that is my authentic self. And it worked amazing. And so since then, I have been putting panty liners on the inside of all my pants. And it's only gotten me in trouble one time when I was at physical therapy. And I, I didn't really think anything of it. In the morning, I put the panty liner on the inside of my pant leg. They asked me to lift up my pant leg. I was like, the second I saw a little bit poking out, I was like, how, how do I explain this? Um, that I just have a panty liner in my pants. So they saw it. They're like, what is this? And I explained it to them. And they were like, actually, that's not a bad idea. We don't have anything like that here. So honestly, this might be the first and last podcast because I think I need to find like a Shark Tank casting. Um, I don't know where they go around. Like maybe it's LA. I could drive there. And I don't have a prototype, but I feel like maybe I could just cut up like an always panty liner and go with that for now. Like I'm just going to bootstrap this thing. I'm going to Flintstone it and just, I think I could be a billionaire. Like I... I, and I think I already have a name too. Unlike this podcast, Pant E Liner. Oh, I like that. I mean, that's gonna fly off the shelf. I mean, I admit <laughs> that this was a good idea, and I don't know that much about panty liners, obviously. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of okay. But clever. That, that's my market. Like you, you're not even a user of 
traditional women's panty liners, but yet you think this is a smart idea. And I did go uh, at market research. Obviously, I know what I'm doing. I went into a CVS uh, last weekend and went in like the Band-Aid aisle just to see what was around. And I did find something that was like sticky gauze, but it did not have that really soft, cottony texture of a panty liner that like feels very soothing up against like a wound. And I actually, I was so surprised by this. And this is also why you do market research at the risk of somebody stealing my idea. I put that out on Instagram. I had been doing this. I had so many people message me and were like, yes, I do this after I have surgery or have like a wound, an incision. I had a lot of people message me that use um, feeding tubes and they stick the panty liners at the bottom of their feeding tubes so that it doesn't like leak out onto their clothes. And I'm sorry, but disabled innovation is so unmatched. And this is just something that the market needs. And so I might proceed with it. I, I really I've gone through the process of getting a trademark before. <laughs> And I didn't get it. I was so sad because it was such a production. We had a lawyer look at it and I ended up not getting a trademark for my business, uh, the nines. And so that's that's also something we have to rename. I've got a lot of names I need to think of. I shouldn't be wasting any more time. It is officially Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month to all the podcasters that have come before me and, and paved the way. But really happy Women's History Month to... Every woman, I am celebrating you and someone I would like to celebrate and talk about for a minute. If you know me, you know that one of the most important women in my life, of course, my mother, but there's another mother, a mother to all of us, to America, to society, and that is Martha Stewart. The yesification of Martha Stewart over the last couple of years has been a true gift and delight to watch. I don't know if anybody else has been keeping up with Martha, but basically, Growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, Martha was the pinnacle of just being a homemaker. Like she was so aspirational. She had her TV show. She was always cooking like a roast chicken very casually for dinner on a Tuesday night when like the idea of a roasted chicken in my house was microwaving a mesquite chicken breast from Costco like four times a week. Sorry, mom. Like I love those mesquite chicken breasts. That's not... That's not putting you on blast at all. I I really enjoyed those. But she was just this beacon of hope for anyone that cooked meals, cleaned their house, did crafts at Easter. She was just everything. And then in 2004, the unthinkable happened. And Martha was sentenced to five months in jail for conspiracy. um, I think making false statements. Basically, she had a stock. She sold it. And she lied about it. Um, It was like her friend's company. I think it was some insider trading. I don't know. When I was young, I had no idea what any of that meant. I just thought like Martha's going to jail. And this is horrible. This is horrible. If Martha can go to jail, anybody can go to jail, which is the truth. Like I I wasn't wrong in that assessment. If you lie uh, to the government, anyone can go to jail. I'll just, I'll say that now in case they're listening. They might be the only ones listening. I don't know. So Martha goes to jail for five months and she gets out of jail. just a little bit more quiet. Like, keeping to herself. Obviously she was just in the clink. Um, <laughs> do people still use that word to describe jail? They should. They should. Um, because that's a good word for it, honestly. So she gets out, keeps to herself. And then like, I'm going to say maybe five, six years ago, Martha just explodes. First of all, she has Martha Stewart living magazine, which is 
the best magazine on the market. Sorry to Vogue. Sorry to everyone. But Martha Stewart is stepping on all your necks and you can't compete. You can't keep up with what Martha is doing in Martha Stewart living. It's if you're not subscribed. Okay. This podcast has a new goal. An ad to subscribe to Martha Stewart living. Yeah, that's my only goal. That's a great goal. That's my only goal. Um, that and pants e-liner. Those are my only goals in life at the moment. So she, first of all, she admits to, she gets some work done and whoever her doctor was did an incredible job because she looks just like Martha, but like absolutely popping off. She's hanging out with Snoop Dogg. She starts a CBD company. She's doing Comedy Central roasts. Like whoever her PR team was like, yeah, Martha, we just have to, to make you one of the people. Not so much as aspirational, like, ooh, goody two shoes homemaker. But the fact that she's like hanging out with Snoop Dogg is like, yes, I love smoking weed with Snoop Dogg is a turn we never saw coming. And I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful. Even this year around Christmas time, she auctioned off a nativity scene that she like whittled in prison and then auctioned it off. And instead of saying like, yeah, I was, I made this in prison. She always says like, I made it when I was away or I made it when I was at camp. Like she even yesified her jail experience. And she is my icon. She is my everything. Her social media content also unmatched. She creates the most unhinged videos about her getting her hair cut, about makeup. I, I can think of no better person on social media or, may, or maybe, uh, maybe in life right now. She's my everything. So happy Women's History Month to Martha Stewart. It is the beginning of Women's History Month, and we already, we're already plagued with a little bit of tea, a little bit of scandal uh, from one Miss Kim Kardashian. Now, I do not keep up with the Kardashians. Anything I know about the Kardashians, I feel like, is against my will. It's, it's just always in the news, always on my Twitter feed, TikTok, Instagram, and that's fine. Like, no, no hate, whatever. It's just not something I'm interested in, like, watching the show Um, I am wearing a Skims bra right now. I have been bamboozled by capitalism and, and I am wearing a Skims bra. Um, I just can't help that. It is really comfortable. I'll, I'll give her that plug. But Kim and her sisters and her momager gave an interview to Variety Magazine. It's a cover story. And they asked Kim, like, what is your advice for women in business? Because Kim obviously owns so many businesses. And the advice she gave was... It wasn't great, Kim. Uh, The advice was, quote, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. (laughs) It seems like nobody wants to work these days. And then Courtney in the background is like, so true. It's like, Courtney, girl, please. But anyways, that's for that might have to be for another time. So, of course, Kim is getting absolutely roasted on Twitter. People are really coming down on her, saying that was extremely tone deaf. And I think the worst part of it all, though, is a lot of people are coming out and saying they've worked for Kim in the past um, as an assistant for her family on her Kim Kardashian little uh, video game on her phone saying that she either paid them nothing and like they were working days, nights, weekends, all hours of the day for her or she was not paying them enough where they felt like they could even afford food. Like they had to buy food from the 99 cent store, had to call in sick because they couldn't put gas in their car. So she's really come under fire for this. And what is a podcast if I don't give my unsolicited opinion on things that are happening in in pop culture? I think it was extremely tone deaf. And I think, listen, 
if she has all of her businesses and she can afford to have multiple nannies, private jets, drivers, people that do her grocery shopping, her cleaning, her laundry, that's fine. You have the means to do that. Do it. One, make sure you're paying these people because that's coming to light and that's completely unacceptable. But two, nobody wants to hear that from somebody that has access to all those things. Like you are just not in the same arena as a single mom that is working her ass off, that is working hard to make ends meet for her kids, uh, put food on the table. It's just such bad advice. And I can't believe somebody on her PR team wouldn't have flagged like, hey, that's not sound advice. Like this does not make you sound like a girl boss. This is the death of girl boss with this statement, okay? And at the end of it, she's like, don't have a toxic work environment. Girl, that statement alone is the toxic work environment. Saying like, nobody wants to work these days. Um, people are out of jobs because they can't find childcare. They're out of jobs because they have a sick family member they have to take care of. COVID was, I mean, just horrific on people's careers, jobs where they live, making ends meet. This just was such the wrong time. It's always the wrong time to say something like this, but especially coming from someone that is able to have somebody watch her kids, doesn't have to worry about cleaning, cooking, grocery shopping, running errands is this was the worst take of the year and we're only in at in March. Like, I really hope there's a retraction here and um, she's able to say something that kind of rectifies this because it's it's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry, Kim. The Skims bras, good. That advice, bad. And I think more things are going to come to light about maybe their business practices. And that's just a wormhole she's opened up now with this really just in poor taste advice. Speaking of jobs, I'm, I think I'm killing it. I'm like the segues um, in this podcast. I've really made it all come together in my mind. But speaking of jobs, let's get into Ask Alex. Ask Alex is just a segment of questions I get asked and I'll answer them here in the best way that I can. Uh, my qualifications are that I've been in therapy for a lot of years. I put the work in on myself, on life. And I don't know, therapy's expensive. Maybe I'll just share some of the knowledge that I've learned over the years. I recently got a question um, about it's a tale as old as time. I've been there many times in my life of they're in a job. This is someone that's in a job. They feel like their life is consumed by it and it's not a job they enjoy. So the question was, Hey, Alex, I'm currently in my job and I've been here for about three years. I definitely want to make a switch because I feel like my job is consuming my entire life. I talk about it when I get home. I think about it when I wake up. My boss is always contacting me and it's not even something I enjoy doing. I feel like every day I die a little bit more inside when I'm at this job. It's going to take me a while to find a new one. So what can I do right now to make things better? First of all, great question. I have been in this exact situation so many times that it, it makes me sad to think about how many jobs I've had that I stayed in either for way too long or I didn't try to make the situation better for myself. Um, I'm not going to give you the same advice Kim Kardashian gave. We're going to do something a little bit more empathetic and compassionate. So an old job I had, I liked it at first. I felt really good about it. I was really excited to get the job. And within a while, you know, just within a couple months, I realized that it was not the job for me, the company wasn't something that I enjoyed. Um, the environment was really toxic. And I would, 
come home every day from work in a rage, storm into the house. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened today. Vent, word vomit all over Michael. Complain, complain, complain. Wake up in the morning. Oh my God, I'm really dreading going in. Like I don't, I don't want to do this. I have, uh, I should check my email. I'm going to have so many emails when I get there. Check my text, see if there's something from my boss. I was miserable. I was so, so depressed. And I was trying to get out of the job. I was applying for other jobs, but nothing was hitting yet. We were thinking about moving. It was kind of all up in the air. And I knew I had to stay here for a little bit longer. And I got some great advice. We all hear the saying, a job is just a job. A job is just a job. But I get it. It's like, this is the thing that gives you your means to live. It's your paycheck. It's your livelihood. And that's very important. So when people say, like, oh, just quit your job. Like, it's just a job. No, I completely understand living paycheck to paycheck. And obviously, we we wouldn't hold jobs if we didn't depend on this money to live. Life is very expensive. But a job can be a job without it having to consume your entire life, especially if you are in a job that you feel like does not appreciate you, is a toxic environment, is bad to you. Why are we giving it the privilege of taking up our brains? Like, I look back and I can't believe how much energy I gave the job when I wasn't at the job. So I had to make a conscious effort. I would come home from work. I'd maybe sit in my car for five minutes and go through whatever I need to go through with what happened that day. And when I went in the house, that job did not exist. It did not exist in my house unless it was something that needed to be a, a joint conversation on a decision. I did not complain. I did not come in and vent about what somebody said to me that day or a customer did. I just walked in the house and basically after 5 p.m., my life was different. And until I went into work and started my working hours, I set a hard boundary. I am not looking at my email. I am not looking at my text. I let my boss know, hey, before nine, nine o'clock, like I, I'm not going to be checking my email. I just set a hard boundary. It wasn't a job I, I enjoyed anyway. Set the boundary. Do something for yourself, okay? I really have never heard of somebody setting that boundary and the person being like, okay, bye. They might not like it, but that's okay. You don't like them. Life is so short and it's so precious. And a J-O-B does not deserve the privilege of consuming your great life. It should not be the thing that dictates if you have a great life. I now measure my life in everything outside of work. And I'm not naive. I'm not living on another planet. I know that the energy you receive at work seeps into your everyday life. I get that. But it's such a conscious effort. It's work to measure your life's goodness or joy by the things that exist outside of your job. Go to work, do your thing. But maybe the things that bring your life joy are not anything associated with your workplace. It's the coffee you get to have in the morning. It's the relationships and people in your life that you get to talk to before work, after work, on the weekends. It's enjoying your morning drive, listening to this podcast, if that's your thing. Wearing a new moisturizer that day. It can be the smallest of things. When you start finding joy in the teeny tiny things of life, like this morning, I was so excited to get up because we had a new pistachio milk creamer. And that is the most millennial thing I've ever said in my life. And I know I've just lost probably an entire like 
boomer Gen X audience. But that was my joy of the morning was waking up and being like, oh, I've got this new milk. I'm going to try. And the joy was not, oh, okay, I've, I've, got, um, I've got a lot of meetings today. You're not ever going to really find joy in that. Unless you're maybe the owner of your own business, which of course, if you're the owner of your own business, that's a little different. But I'm talking about if you work for someone else, you work for the woman and you're not, you're not feeling it. It's not what you want to do with your life. This is such a temporary thing in your life. And I promise you, I've been in this situation. You will look back and you will think, I can't believe I wasted so much energy of that period of my life on caring about the emotional aspect of this job. Leave it at work. Come home. Find your joy. Okay, I think it's time to share a a win of the week. Let's end this first podcast on on a positive note. So win of the week. Like I said earlier, I had surgery back in December. It's been a long recovery. But this week has been iconic in terms of recovery. I started walking without a cane, which was huge. But the big one is that I drove a car. It was so freeing. So I haven't been able to drive because the surgery was on my right leg. And obviously, it's like you need, you need your right leg when you're driving. And that wasn't possible for me. So at physical therapy, they're like, we think you could start driving. Just test it out around your neighborhood. So over the weekends, Michael and I drove around the neighborhood. I felt like I was 16 again. And my mom was teaching me how to drive. It was very nostalgic, but realized I could do it. I decided to drive myself to the pharmacy and I could have driven to the moon. Okay. I was so excited. The wind in my hair. The first song that I played was Paris Hilton's Nothing in This World. I felt like I was at the end of a 90s rom-com where I've realized that I have chosen to love myself and it felt unbelievable. There's something about driving that is just so freeing and has so much independence attached to it. And I can't wait to see where I'll drive this weekend. Honestly, it could be anywhere. It could be to the coffee shop. It could be to Target. That's an exciting one to drive to. When I couldn't drive, uh, Michael was definitely my chauffeur. He was taking me everywhere. He, bless you, Michael. I, I stand by calling you a guru because you're also an icon for driving me to my nail appointments, Target. Um, oh, you took me to the bead store. You've done so many things in the last couple of weeks, and now I set you free. Um, you, are, you are free from chauffeuring me around this town. I'm going to miss taking you to PT. Kind of got me in my routine. Okay, well, I didn't say you didn't have to take me to physical therapy anymore. Like, you could still keep doing that if you want. Because um, that's really early in the morning. And, and I don't know. It's kind of nice just to sit there. Maybe we could we could agree that that's like... That's still, still on there. the menu? Yeah. I would appreciate that. Thank you. While driving was the big win of the week, I've got to say the the biggest win of all is I feel like in my recovery, this was the first week that... I saw the light at the end of the tunnel with recovery, with physical therapy. It was the first week I felt really confident in my walking, felt much more mobile. And I've got to say, the it's made me really emotional because when you have surgery or are dealing with recovery of any type, you're kind of just getting through day to day. And it just hit me this week that, oh my gosh, that's right. Like I've been working towards this thing and this thing is more mobility than I've probably ever had in my life. I'm 
like I look at my legs and I can't believe how straight they are. So I had uh, corrective work done on alignment. I had the left leg done about 15 years ago and I had the right one done in December. And I've just kind of spaced on the fact that this is supposed to improve my life because I've just been getting through day by day, moment by moment. And this week I finally sat down and was like, this might change my life. And that's such a incredible feeling because I feel like other surgeries I've had before. I've been like, yeah, this is good, but hasn't improved my mobility that much. It's just prevented me from being in pain or getting injured um, by my own body. But this is the first one that I'm, that I'm saying to myself, this is, this is different. And that just felt so good. And I'm really feeling like myself lately and I'm feeling good. And that's why I wanted to record this podcast and do something we've been talking about doing for a long time. I am a lover of podcasts. I'd be honored if anybody even listened to this and had my voice going through their car radio or while they're cleaning or getting up off their ass and doing work. Okay, we can't we can't end it that way. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. The podcast will have a name any day now, I'm sure of it. My creative juices are flowing and love you all so much. Find your joy in the little stuff and don't listen to Kim Kardashian and do subscribe to Martha Stewart Living and please, God, I am manifesting an ad for this podcast from her. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.